And I want us today to go and talk. I'll be talking and you guys will be talking as well. To go and talk about how do I, as a child of God, prepare myself to be used by the master. That guitar, that was there. Chris, it works. And I'm not lying, it works. If I call Panyane, the guitar is going to work. But Chris picked up the bass guitar. Not even once did we hear a sound coming from the bass guitar. Because Chris wasn't prepared. But if Chris had been prepared, you know, we would still be dancing even now. We would ask the other instruments to stop in the background because we are enjoying the sound of the bass guitar. And I want us to just, let's go and have a frank discussion, you know, to say, what am I doing in my life to be prepared to be used by the master? God has called all of us here. That's a given, right? None of us here are here because, you know, somewhere one day it just happened that we bumped into the gospel and we gave our lives over to Christ and we thought, yeah, this thing feels nice. Maybe I can continue doing it. But it's because God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to come and die for each and every single one of us. That today, we can come and meet with other saints. Today, we can come in a church, in a local church. It, it doesn't have to be Cosmo City Church. But in any local church, we can come into church and be active in the life of the church. But I want us to realize that over and above being active in the life of the church, God wants to make sure that each and every one of us here is prepared to be used for his kingdom. Bom May, uh, August, they'll be doing an outreach. They've told us already that uh, the 12th of July and the 2nd of August, they'll be coming here to prepare each other on, you know, if you are working and somebody is coming, how do you determine that this one is right for the gospel? How do you determine to say, this one is, is, is not going to swear at me? And when you stop people in the street and you want to tell them about Christ, they will look at you and they'll think, oh, you think I've got nothing to do. You think I left home to walk here because when you were going to come and tell me what you, want, what you want me to hear. I've got things to do. I've got places to go. Leave me alone. They'll even use those swear words which I can't use because they are recording at the back. You know, but when the, the ladies meet here on the 12th of July and the 2nd of August, it's because they will be preparing each other on how do you, if you meet somebody in the street, when you find somebody sitting in the park with their girlfriend, how do you start breaking down the gospel to those people? And I want us today to go and look at a writing that Paul did to Timothy. And in this writing, I want us to go and pick up a few things that can help us in order for us to prepare ourselves to be used by God. Can I ask a question? Can I ask a question? You can say amen safely, saints. I won't ask you the question. How many of us here believe that God is going to use us? Can I say by the show of hands? How many of us here believe that God is going to use us? How many of us are being used by God currently? Yeah, I see some hands, some husbands are not raising their hands up and they are raising kids. That is being used by God as well, by the way, saints. But I want us to realize that 
The, the Bible says in the book of John chapter 1, that to as many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. The Bible doesn't say to a few that received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. He says to as many, to all that believed him. And I want us to today to accept that the moment we confess with our mouths and we believe in our hearts that, that Christ is Lord and we say, Jesus, come into my life, cleanse me of my sins, wash away my sins, make me a new creature. At that moment, we become children of God and we become instruments that God can use. Is that God calling somebody? <laughs> Hallelujah. Maybe God has got a different message today. So I want us to go, let's start in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. From verse 1 to verse 10, I'll read quickly as you are going there. Remember, we're talking about preparing to be used by the master. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, he says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his grace, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace we have been saved. And God raised up us up God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. Verse 10, which I love today for this preaching, says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, if you believe that this passage of scripture is talking to you, say Amen. Now, the Bible says, We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So if you didn't believe that God is going to use you, here is the passage in scripture where God is saying to all of us here, we are God's handiwork and Christ has prepared good works for us to go and do. I like it at the end where the Bible says, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So there are no spectators. The Bible says God prepared these good works for us to do. So no one is here to watch. No one is here to wait for the bass guitarist, maybe except Chris. But saints, I want us to realize that when we receive Christ in our lives, when we choose that Christ will come live in our lives, when we choose to live for Christ, when we choose that he will come and live in us or live through us, Christ says, at that moment, you become my handiwork and guess what? I have prepared good works for all of us to do. 
And the Bible puts it in past tense that God has already prepared these works for us to do. So God is not going to figure something out because somebody got born again now. The moment you say, Christ, I'm born again, the fact that it is God who created us, he knows what is good for us. He knows what we are good at. I know I can't sing. Have I ever sung for you, baby? I've never even sung for my wife. But maybe one day somebody will pray for me. So, when we say preparing ourselves to be used by the master, I want us to realize that preparation is a process. Now, for preparation to take place, one needs to realize, you need to have an awareness that there are things that you need to do. And there are things that you need to learn how to do. If you are not aware that God is going to use you, you will go through life not worrying about being prepared. If you think God is going to use you and you think you have figured it out, you will go through life without being prepared. But I want us to realize that for preparation to take place, I, the person that needs to be prepared, I need to be aware that I've got work to do and I've got preparation to do. Over and above that, I need to be aware that I need to go and learn. Learning might involve learning new skills. It might involve learning new tools. You know, Chris is a digital guy. You know, these gadgets that we think uh, nowadays, Chris figured those things out a long time ago. But today we discovered that there's a tool that Chris cannot use. It's called a bass guitar. But if Chris was the bass guitarist here in the life of the church, he would be trained on how to use the bass guitar. He would know how to switch it on and how to switch it off. Basic things. You know, he would know what the different chords are called, if they've got names, and he will know how to make a tune out of the different chords. But when he looks at the chords now, maybe Chris has a new appreciation of the bass guitar. But when you look at the chord of the bass guitar, you know, you think, ah, no, you just put a finger here and put a finger there, and the music come out, uh, comes out until we give it to you. But I want us to realize that for the process of preparation to take place, and for us to make sure that we learn something through the process, we need to realize that I must go learn something new. I must go learn a new skill. I must go learn a new tool. The Bible is a tool with which we live our lives. People who are not born again, the Bible means nothing to them. But for us, the Bible means everything. If someone asks me to do something and it's not in the Bible, I'm not going to do it. If people at work say to me, you know what, we know that you, know, you are those kind of people, but this contract here, and if we get this contract here, we're going to have work for the next 20 years. You know, just sign here, you know, and say that you are part of the managers or directors. I would not do that. Because the Bible tells me that that is a lie. The, the, the Bible tells me that if I do that, I am not of God. So the Bible is, is a tool that most of us here have been taught how to use the Bible in our daily lives. The other thing that we need to learn as part of preparation is new ways and new thinking. I was talking to the guys in the music team and they told me that okay, not the other music team, not Chris' music team 
the music team that led us beautifully in Sweet Jesus, they were telling me, okay, the other music team is feeling degraded now. I'll call you guys back. Is that, is that fine? Do you guys want to go rehearse quickly and I'll call you back? Okay. So the music team was saying to me, they get together on Fridays to come and practice or and rehearse. Sorry. The choir practices, the band rehearses. They get together on Fridays to come and rehearse and pray. They get together on Saturdays to come and rehearse and pray. And already you can add two hours on Friday, maybe three, two hours on Saturday, maybe three. That's six hours out of the weekend gone. So these guys, for them to be in the music team and for them to be able to lead us in worship, they take out time. It's six hours that if we ask some of us what you did between 7 and 10 on Friday, some of us might not even remember what we did. But you realize that if you want to be part of the music team, there's a new way of life that you have to adopt. You don't just rock up in the morning and go, testic rise, one, two, three, one, two, three, and then you start singing. So as we go through this process, I want us to look at our lives, as we talk about the different points that we'll discuss today, I want us to look at our lives and say, am I aware of that point that's being discussed? And I want you to ask yourself and say, do I know what tools I need over and above the Bible for me to be able to prepare myself in line with a particular point? I also want us to ask ourselves and say, since I'm being prepared to serve the master, what are the new ways in my life that I need to start up adopting? What are the things that I do now that I must stop doing? What are the things that I don't do that I need to start doing? Is that okay? Did I give a good intro? I almost said you can clap your hands, but I won't say it. Anyway, so let us continue with the Bible. Exodus chapter 23, verse 20. The Bible says, that's Exodus 23, verse 20. See, I am sending an angel ahead of you to, to guard you along the way and to bring you to the place I have prepared. So if you think of Ephesians 2, verse 10, Paul says, we are all God's handiwork, created through Christ Jesus to do good works which God has already prepared for us in advance. In Exodus, the Bible says, God says he's going to send an angel ahead of us to guide us along the way and to bring us to a place that he has already prepared. So God has prepared the works and God has prepared the place where the works are going to take place. You and I are the missing link. And my prayer is that by the time we leave church today, you and I have taken a trip into our hearts and we have realized what are the areas in my life that I need to work in in order for me not to be the missing link of what God is going to do. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21, Paul writes to Timothy, he says, those who cleanse themselves from the latter, so in the preceding verses, Paul was writing to Timothy about honor and dishonor. He spoke about different vessels in the house. 
And then he says, they are vessels of honor and they are vessels of dishonor. And he says, those who cleanse themselves from the latter, meaning those who cleanse themselves from dishonor, will be instruments for special purposes, made holy and useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. So we are all sitting here today. We are all excited to be serving the Lord. But the Bible is saying to us today, for us to prepare ourselves. And when we speak about preparing saints, I'm not talking about a process that starts and that ends. For as long as we are alive, God will keep taking us into new areas. And we need to keep pushing ourselves. We need to keep learning new tools. We need to keep learning new skills. We need to keep learning how to teach the things that we have known in a different way. So, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, those who cleanse themselves. If you put a full stop there, and the Bible says, those who cleanse themselves. The Bible is saying to you and I, there is effort that is required from our side. The Bible doesn't say those who are all of a Sunday cleansed. The Bible doesn't say those who, without knowing it, somewhere, somehow, they become cleansed. The Bible is not saying those who are praying to be cleansed. But the Bible is saying those who cleanse themselves. Now, in order for you and I to come to a point where we realize that we have to be cleansed, it means that we need to do an inspection in our lives. We need to get to a point where we realize that the path is here, I am deviating. Whether I'm going off the path by six streets or by 12 streets, the Bible says, for us to be special instruments in the hand of God. For us to be useful in the hands of God. It is you and I that need to decide to say, I want to be cleansed. So there's effort required from us. Some of you are looking at me like, hey, am I scaring you, saints? Huh? So can you please ask your neighbor to wake up? You can see I'm being polite. I'm not mentioning names, right? I'm just saying, can you please ask your neighbor to wake up? So, so let us look at the context within which Paul wrote 2 Timothy chapter 2. So by the time Paul wrote 2 Timothy, the, letter, the second letter to Timothy, he had already written the first letter to Timothy. And history tells us that there was a period of four years between the two letters. I know that when you, when you read it in, in the Bible, it looks like he was writing and he said, now I'm writing First Timothy chapter 1. I'm done with chapter 1, chapter 2. But Paul wrote this as a letter and history tells us that there was a period of four years between the first letter and the second letter. And he wasn't writing to a man who did not know Paul. So, when Paul opens 1 Timothy, he says to Timothy, you know, hold in good regard, hold in honor the faith that you have inherited from your grandmother and from your mother. Talking about Louise 
and Eunice. So Timothy, to an extent, we can pretty much say he has been in, in Paul's life because Paul knew uh, Timothy's mother and, and, and grandmother and he knew what kind of faith they had. And Timothy was a man that had traveled with Paul. Three missions that Paul did in a period of 10 years to Troas, to Philippi, and to Corinth. History record shows us that Timothy accompanied Paul to those missions. In a period of 10 years, he had traveled with him. In a period of 10 years, Timothy had sat down and observed Paul. He had sat down and see how churches are started. He had learned from Paul. So he had gone through a process of preparation. Now Paul is sitting in a prison cell in Rome and is writing the letter and is saying, Timothy, as you lead the church in Ephesus, these are the things that I want you to be aware of. And I want us to go and use 2 Timothy chapter 2, the whole of chapter 2, and let us go and learn what are the things that God wants us to consider when we prepare ourselves to come and serve him. Some of you are thinking, hey, now he starts preaching. So let's go. Second Timothy chapter 2. I'll read as you go there. I'm reading from the New King James Version. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also if anyone competes in athletics, he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Verse 8. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect that they may also that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. And I want us to look at to look at this first twelve, this first uh, ten verses, and see what are the things that Paul is teaching Timothy. So we have already established that the works are prepared by God. We saw this in Ephesus chapter two. We have already established that. God has prepared a place for us to go and execute these works. And now Paul is saying to Timothy, in verse 2, he says to him, And these things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So if you are making notes, that's, it's not the first point, right, for those who are making notes. Okay, the other first point on the things that we need to be aware of when we prepare to serve God. The first point is, as Paul says it, he says, commit these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So, 
I want us to be cognizant of the fact that when God prepares us for the good works that he has prepared in advance, he is preparing us so that we can also prepare others. So it doesn't end with me. When God has prepared me, and God is going to prepare me through other men and women who love him, men and women who are full of his word. And you can imagine that the men and women and the friends that we have learned of God from, if those people decided to say, well, now I've found God, what is, of, what is it of benefit for me to go and teach somebody else? Some of us wouldn't be sitting here today. And some of us here, even though we have been taught and we have been trained and we have been prepared by many men and women, I'm sure there are two or three or maybe one person that you sit down and you say, if it wasn't for this man or for this lady, I wouldn't be where I am today. So Paul is challenging Timothy, saying, Timothy, you have heard my teachings. You have heard my preachings. I've shared wisdom with you. I've shared knowledge with you. And trust these things to faithful men and women who will be able to teach these things and to others as well. So that means that when you and I are preparing ourselves to be used by the master, we must prepare ourselves in such a way that I'm able to prepare somebody else. It doesn't end with me. Paul continues and he says to Timothy, you must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So, Paul quickly talks about warfare to Timothy. And he says, when you are enlisted as a soldier in the army, you don't consider yourself with civilian matters. You don't consider yourself with non-defense related matters. So this is what happens, right? If someone is a soldier and they are enlisted in a war, let's say there's war taking place. Which province is likely to have a war? Huh? Okay, somebody said Limpopo. So I'll make an example with Limpopo. So if there is somebody who is based here in Johannesburg, the person is, is a soldier, they live in Johannesburg, they are enlisted for war which is taking place in Limpopo. If you are a soldier, when you go out to war, you can either come back alive or, or come back dead. It's one of the two. I've got deep respect for soldiers. So when you go to war as a soldier, you can, you can, you can either come back alive or come back dead. But Paul says to Timothy, when war is on, the soldier doesn't... He doesn't concern himself with matters that don't have to deal with war. You can imagine war is on there in Limpopo, uh, Mr. Power, do you like war? Okay, he's shaking his head. Is that a yes or a no? I'll take it as a yes. <laughs> so, there's war in Limpopo. Mr. Power has got a family here in Cosmo. He's deployed to Limpopo in the forefront of the war. 
the enemy is, is at, advancing. That is not time for him to be going on Facebook. I know that nowadays, you know, something happens, you know, it rains, you, somebody goes on Facebook, yo, it's raining. <laughs> you know, all these things that happen, we are quick to share them on Facebook. But when Mr. Powe is in the forefront of war and the enemy is advancing, it's not time for him to be Facebooking. You know, I think there's 17 of them. Okay, one is carrying a bazooka. Okay, that one I think is carrying a pump gun. I don't know if it's loaded. Okay, that one there is carrying hand grenades. When you are a soldier and war is on, you don't concern yourself with civilian matters. And I want us to realize that when we choose that, I want God to use me, you are getting into war. Two kingdoms in the whole world. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. When you say, Lord, if you can use anything, Lord, use me. It's a nice song, right? It sounds very beautiful. Because we think when God uses us, you know, we'll be praying for people here. You know, be healed, be healed, be healed. And fall, be healed, be healed, be healed. You know, we always think that when God uses us, it's for these things that, for lack of a better word, they look nice. You know, we think that when, when someone says God is using me, it's because they are here on the stage with a microphone. But this is war, saints. And I want us to realize that as much as we want God to prepare us, that will be useful in his hand, that will be useful in his kingdom, it is war. The moment God starts using you, the moment God starts preparing you, there are some things which are not going to matter in your life. I came across a saying from a friend of mine who said to me, you know, the lion doesn't concern itself with the praise lunch. When a lion is hunting and it sees a buffalo jumping up and about, it doesn't think, hey, this buffalo doesn't look like it had lunch, you know, that one looks like it had a good lunch. The lion doesn't concern itself with that. When you are a prey, in front of the lion, and the lion is hungry, the lion will devour you. Whether you have had lunch or not. And I want us to realize that when we say, Lord, here am I, use me. You are taking that step. You are saying, Lord, I know it's war, but I'm ready. How many of us are ready for war today? Okay, some hands are being forced to go up. <laughs> I see some people sitting next to their spouses. They are thinking, is, the spouse, is my spouse raising their hand? I must raise my hand as well. But let, let us continue. But I want us to realize, saints, that when you prepare yourself to be used by God, let us bear in mind that we need to prepare others. When we go through training in war, we need to let others know as well what it is like. So Paul continues in verse 14. Okay, let's, let's go back to verse 5. Paul says to Timothy, If anyone competes in athletics, he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. So when God prepares you for his use, there are rules, Mazalwan. There are rules that you need to stick within. And these rules that God has given, they are not only for war, but they are for life as well. Two basic rules, we find them in the book of Galatians chapter 5, from verse 22, where the Bible tells about the fruit of the Spirit, 
and the works of the flesh. So when God is preparing us, when we are being prepared to be used by God, the Bible says, let us not forget the rules. If you live according to the flesh, if you live according to the works of the flesh, forget it. You are not playing according to the rules. You are not going to be ready. But if you live by the fruit of the Spirit, you are playing by the rules. And when crowns are being awarded, you will receive a crown as well. The same way that if kids are running athletics, you know, maybe there's 12 of them, you know, they are told, on your marks, get set. I don't know, nowadays with OBE and other sorts of edu education, if they still do on, on your marks. You know, but when the referee says, on your marks, get set, before the gun goes, if one of the kids sprints up, if it's 100 meters, if the kid sprints up, and he says, I beat them. And he runs all the way to the end. He will get to the end and they'll say to him, oh, are you coming to prepare for the people who are running? And you'll be standing there thinking, but I'm also running. They said, no, 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 no. You only take off when the gun goes off. So I want us to realize that for us, for God to be able to use us, the same way that Paul says to Timothy, those that cleanse themselves, the mirror with which we cleanse ourselves is to look at the fruit of the Spirit and say, where do I fall in here? And to look at the works of the flesh and hopefully never find yourself there. But the Bible says the first point of contact is when you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that he can save you from your sins. So those are the rules. So let's continue before I'm told that I'm out of time. Verse 14. Paul continues, he says, Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. Of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed Rightly dividing the word of truth. So Paul doesn't say, present yourself approved to God. He says, be diligent. Now, depending on the tone that I use the word diligent, or I say diligent, you realize that the one carries weight. So when Paul says be diligent, he's saying to Timothy, it's not just a matter of going through life without knowing what's happening. When you are diligent, it means that you pay attention to detail. When you are diligent, it means that you are going to seek accuracy. When you are diligent, it means that you know that there are things that I need to... In this case, there are behaviors that I need to exhibit for God to be able to say, ah, here is an approved worker that I can use in my kingdom. So being diligent, it means that it takes effort for me. I need to go and learn what is God going to use me in. And I need to make sure that I go and learn those things. So can you imagine 8th to the 10th of August, the women go on the outreach, six people get born again. It's, it's, it sounds like a small number, ne? 
I'm sure the women are believing for more than that. Is it 10 times or 20 times? You know, six, okay, somebody said 20 times that number. So six people get born again, and we bring them here to church, and we come to you, and we say, please say hi to uh, the saints over here. We won't call them new converts. Say hi to the saints over here. You know, they gave their lives over to Christ over the weekend when we're doing outreach. And we want you to come and teach them about justification and redemption. Where are you going to start? Like, if we approach you, will you be prepared to come and teach the saints to say, actually, the process of salvation looks like this. What makes up the process of salvation? It sounds far-fetched, Bazalwan. But these are the things that when you ask yourself if you are ready to be used by the Lord, this is the, the level we, at which you need to go in order for you to find yourself diligent. If you are not diligent and you are not prepared, you are going to compromise yourself and you are going to compromise those who you are preparing. But Paul continues, over and above being diligent. He continues in, uh, let's go to verse 20. He says, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, so this is where honor and dishonor comes in. In this case, honor will be the former and dishonor will be the latter. That's the simple English that I learned. So, Paul says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So, Paul is challenging Timothy. And he's saying, the people that you are preparing, that they need to be used by God. How many of those are you challenging them to say to them, as an individual, you are the one that needs to decide. To say, there is honor and there's dishonor. I'm going to choose the way of honor. And Paul, when he was writing to Timothy, Timothy was still young at the stage, but this is how Paul says to Timothy, this is how you cleanse yourself. He says to him, this is how you prepare yourself to be a vessel of honor. This is how you sanctify yourself and you make yourself useful to the master. Being Paul, being young, in verse 22 he says to him, flee also from youthful lusts. So he's giving him pointers now. He says, for you to be cleansed, and to be useful in the master's hand. Flee also from youthful lusts. So if Paul was, if Timothy was married, Paul will address him in that way. He will say to him, flee from adultery. And I want us to realize that as we decide to be used by the Lord, there are things in our lives that have to go away. We don't pack them, they go. There are things in our life that have to stop. Can I make a simple example? If you want to be used by God, Bazalwan, 
please, please stop being late. If church starts at half past ten, be here at half past ten. It's simple things. When you think that when people say, I'm anointed by God, I can do miracles, you know, I can preach a storm, you know, I can teach a storm. And yes, the person is anointed by God. The person is called by God. When it's time for preaching, the person is not there because they are late. Now, can you imagine how badly it reflects on you as an individual? So Paul is talking to Timothy about youth, uh, youthful lust. And I want to challenge us as, as a church. Besides being late, what are some of the other things in your life that have to stop? What are the desires of the flesh that you are still pursuing? When we opened uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says, there are people out there who are bound by the God of the air. And he says, these are the people who are disobedient. And he says, all of us here come from them. None of us here was born a Christian. We all come from them. And then he continues and he says, there are desires of the flesh, desires of the mind, that God has rescued us from those things. And if we are sitting here today and we are saying, I want to be used by God. I am preparing myself to be used by God. God is saying, youthful lusts, desires of the flesh, they have to come to an end. If you truly regard yourself as a soldier of the army of God, you are not going to entertain desires that come from the opposing government. He continues, he says to him, when you flee from youthful lust, pursue righteousness, pursue faith, pursue love, pursue peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So he gives him pointers and he says, don't just say I'm fleeing away from youthful lust, but go and find a new home. Instead of committing your time, for example, if any of us here are addicted to generations, and I want to ask hands, saints, if any of us here are addicted to generations and you realize that generations or Mubango, before I'm accused of racism, or Mubango, which place I understand I discovered I, I discovered this past Friday that Mubango plays on Friday as well. You know, if you commit, is it is Mubango half an hour? So if you commit half an hour every day to Mubango, end of the week is two and a half hours. That's gone. And you say, I want to spend at least an hour every week to go and learn something new about God that, that I've never learned. Please go and take the hours from Mubango. Go take those hours from generations. If my son was old enough, I'll say to him, go take those hours from Top Gear. You know, but I want us to realize things that when the Bible says those that cleanse themselves, it's not an easy process. It's decisions that we have to make. 
Sometimes our friends would look at us and go like, uh, when I, ever since you started going to that church, whatever church they will call us by name, or whatever name they will call your church, you started going to that church, you know, you, 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 you don't even come and spend time with us. The one thing that I always challenge guys who are getting married that I get a chance to talk to, you know, I always say to them, don't wait until the day that you are get married that you get married. But begin telling your friends now which are the days that you are gonna be spending time with your wife that you won't go to them. If you guys meet every Saturday morning for the drinks or to catch up and whatever other thing is, and your wife says, I want you to take me to church every Saturday morning, tell your friends, guys, I can't come because I'm taking my wife to church. Not because keep busy conclude. But these are some of the things that we have to be aware that that cleansing process is going to take something away from us. It's going to get us to a point where I like the way that Paul writes to Timothy and he says, a worker who is approved of God is not ashamed to stand before God. Can you imagine if you stand before God and God says, this past week I was expecting you to spend two and a half hours learning about baptism. And you only spent an hour. What happened to the other hour and a half? If we allow ourselves to get to that point, this is the stage where when we stand before God, we are going to stand before God ashamed. But as we prepare ourselves, saints, to be used by God, I want us to realize that God doesn't want us to get to stand before him ashamed, but he wants us to stand before him knowing that we are worthy vessels of honor before him. But Paul continues in the letter and he says, and a servant of the Lord, that's verse 24, says, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, even those who swear at him, even those who steal from him, even those who call his children useless. Is it only my Bible that says that? Okay. Let me repeat. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all. Able to teach, patient, in humility correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. And that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. Having been taken captive by him to do his will. So Paul is saying to Timothy. When you go around living your life for God, you know, there are people who will be in the opposition. There are people who are not going to believe in what you are doing. There are people who are not going to even believe that when, when you became a Christian, they will look at you and go like, when, it's impossible. But Paul is saying to him, when you go through life, even to those people, who are in the opposition, be prepared to be a teacher in patience and in love. So this means that there are people that one may when they go out to witness on the weekend of the 8th and the 10th, there are people that they'll come across and say, hey, my sister, you know, my name is T.D., you know, I'm from Cosmo City Church, you know, can I please take two minutes of your time and talk to you about Jesus? They look at them and, and go like, Jesus? Do you also believe in Jesus? Oh, 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 you are lost. 
And you stand there, you are thinking, how? I haven't even told this person what Jesus has done for me. But the person is already in the opposition. But Paul is saying to Timothy, even those people, the people that when you go to them and you want to share the gospel of Christ with them, they will throw stones at you. They will swear at you. Paul is saying to Timothy, those are the type of people that you must be prepared to serve. Those are the, that's the type of people that you must always be ready when God is using you to appeal to them. Last but not least, before I sit down, if we go back to, chapter, to verse 1 of chapter 2, where we read, Paul opens that passage by saying, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. And I want us to realize that the process of preparation, it calls for you and I to take into account who prepares us for the kingdom of God. Who are we learning from as far as the kingdom of God is concerned? The Bible says, a good fruit produces a good fruit. I mean, a good tree produces a good fruit. A bad tree produces a bad fruit. If you are going to learn from a bad fruit on how to serve God, believe you me, you are going down the wrong path. If you are going to learn from people that the people that have trained other people in the gospel and in the kingdom of God, and the trainees are battling. They are battling as Christians, battling as wives, battling as husbands, battling at work. If the people that have been produced by someone that you want to learn from are battling, the Bible says it's not rocket science, you are also going to battle. So Paul challenges Timothy and he says, you have learned from me. You have spent 10 years traveling with me. You have seen me in good times. You have seen me in bad times. You have seen me encourage people using the word of God. And you have seen me rebuke people using the word of God. And he says to him, the gospel that you have learned from me amongst many witnesses. And I want us to be challenged today. You know, those of us who are going to make a decision to say, Lord, I want you to use me. Those of us who are going to make a decision to say, Lord, I know that you are going to use me. Take me through a process of preparation. I want us to realize that only in this one passage, Paul has taken Timothy through how we can be prepared. And I'll recap very quickly, then I'll sit down. So Paul says, when he writes to the book in Ephesians, that the works are prepared by God. So there's no guessing business. God knows what he wants us to do. The place has been prepared by God. God knows where you and I need to be in order for us to serve him. If it's here in Cosmos City Church, number one. But if you are a member here at, at, at Cosmos City Church, and God wants you in a church in Zumama, uh, Zumbama, you need to go. And yes, Zumbama is a place, Bazalwani. It does exist. So if God has prepared you and he has prepared the good works and he has, he has prepared the place and the place is not here, you are still the missing link. 
But God has prepared the works. He has prepared the place. And today we have learned that God prepares us to prepare others. There's a simple story that I would have loved to delve in, uh, uh, to delve in, which won't get a chance to go into. But it's the story of Eli and Samuel. In the book of First uh, Samuel chapter three, verse eighteen, after God has revealed Himself to Samuel, and Samuel has gone back to Eli, first time, second time, third time, Eli realizes God is calling this young man. He says to him. When you hear the voice again, you must say, speak, for your servant is listening. Samuel obeys, God speaks, and he says, you see these boys, Eli, the ones who get to church and they misbehave. These ones who get to church and they think they own the church or the church is owned by their father. These ones who go to church and they become dis- dishonorable. He says, I'm going to wipe them out of the face of the earth. The next morning, Eli says to Samuel, what did the master say to you last night? Tell me everything that he said. Samuel tells him everything as God said it. In verse 18, Eli says, he is God. Let him do what is good before him. And I want us to realize that when we are prepared to prepare others, we are going to get to a stage like Eli did. When God spoke to Samuel, Eli said, no, 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 no. When God speaks, this is how you respond to God. This is how you hear God. And when the message comes, Eli did not say, eh, Samuel, are you sure? You know, are you sure the voice called again? Maybe you were, you were dreaming. He says to him, no, it is God speaking. Let him do what seems good, what is good before him. So that is when we prepare ourselves to prepare others. We also learned that A soldier doesn't concern himself with civilian matters, which means that for us, the focus is God. The same way that the lion doesn't care whether the prey had lunch or not, the focus of the lion is the prey. The lion is hungry, there's prey in the bush, the lion is going to eat the prey. It doesn't go through a process of asking, you know, did you eat something fresh for lunch? If you are prey, the lion is going to eat you. So let us stay focused on God, who is the master. Let us not forget the rules. The same way that you, you, you can't be crowned in athletics except if you follow the rules. It's not about us, us Bazalwan. Paul puts it very beautifully in verse 8 to verse 10. Verse 10 he says, Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect. Not for my sake. It would be nice once in a while to do something for myself. But Paul says to Timothy, I endure everything. I endure the insult that comes with preaching the gospel. I endure the hardships, being locked up in prison, not knowing what day of the year it is, what time of the day it is. Paul says, I endure all these things for the sake of the elect, the elect of God. And I want us to take a trip into ourselves and ask ourselves and say, if we say we are being we are prepared to serve God, have we been through this process? And those of us that want God to use us, God wants us to go through this process. Hallelujah. <laughs>